What's up, guys? My name is Mohit. My name is Ankit, and my name is Rakhit. Welcome to our podcast. What's up, Macha? What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of What's Up, Macha. This week's episode, we have a special guest with us. In fact, our first special guest on our podcast, which is none other than. Anirudh Sethi, also better known as Eptico, uh, he is the founder of Tidal Entertainment. Hi, Ramshir. Hi, Mohit. Hi, Ankit. Thanks for having me. And I hope you all are doing safe in this time. Yep, yep. We're all doing good. Uh, I hope you're doing good as well. Yeah, we're all good. Yeah. So I think uh, we all know Tidal was a really big thing in Bangalore. I think almost every teen in Bangalore knows what title is. I guess, am I right, guys? For sure, man. It was all over. It was all over Instagram, everywhere. Like, I'm glad yeah, you guys. It was. It was like everyone in the teenage years knew what title was, and it was one of the most happening things in Bangalore. Like, if you didn't go to title, you weren't cool. That's how. That's how title was. <laughs> I'm glad you guys felt that way about it, man. It was. It was a move to basically empower musicians of our age, who wouldn't really work that great on a normal setting, like in our normal music industry. Who would give a chance to the local artist? So I decided that I have to do it, and I need to be creative about it. And Tidal was a way for me to put that forward, and I'm glad you guys feel that way about right. my company. So um how exactly did you you know come up with the idea of title like was it a you know a bright idea all of a sudden while you you know taking a shower or something or actually no uh, it's actually very different than that um to put in to to make, to keep it short, short and simple basically what happened was i was very young when i started out djing compared to everyone else i was i think in my 7th or 8th grade 6th or 7th grade when i got super interested in this and Started, let me not get into how it started, but basically, what happened is I was in the music industry as a DJ, and music was my passion. Music yeah. was everything to me at one point. Like you know, the passion stage, right? So for me, that was music, and that was DJ. And in the process, I went for a lot of shows in my even in my first four five years. I started to get booked mainly because I was young, to be honest. But that gave me a good understanding of how the whole entertainment business ran. what yeah. time the clubs aren't making money and what time the clubs are making money what time they don't they want some external help and what time they don't want external help you understand for yeah. example like a right. club a five star a, i don't know a good event in like a club would obviously be sold out on a saturday night <laughs> there's no use asking <laughs> there's no use partnering with anyone when the club is mm. doing so well themselves it makes yeah. a lot more sense for a dark venue per se to have an event in some time that's like a sundown or sundowner because nobody would go there for i don't know dinner or lunch something like that people would go there for like a club outing or whatever how are you right. put that right. that was my whole idea behind title i found all these small loopholes in the industry i mm. saw a few people how they were running and they were actually doing pretty well our whole bangalore seen music in the whole music industry scene like when i was in the industry it was 
it was perfect everyone was nice okay yeah. but what i'd heard about the industry was oh there's bad people everywhere there's drugs there's this and that i feel all of that is false because in my tenure of how long i was into events i haven't really come across any big drug incident per se in in my space okay i've never yeah. really heard of some guy getting caught with whatever substance in any party in front of me okay so i feel that's a wrong perception people have about this so yeah getting back to the topic um, yeah i found loopholes in the business i spent a good 2 years coming up with the idea keep making myself confident and basically everything about it was a struggle because i am probably i'm not even allowed to enter club technically in that age okay yeah <laughs> so they, technically let's be honest about it there's right. no about it so for me to give firstly give myself a chance as a musician and give others a chance is something that i would say is too far fetched unless it's in reality hmm. correct you get what i'm saying makes and sense that's why it took so long to plan everything out from the ticketing to the payments to everything and there's not a single artist in title who's ever gone back and been like shit man i really wish i got a better pay or anything similar because they were genuinely happy with what was happening because yeah. they knew that there aren't too many people who would give them this platform and this was a life changer for a lot of them this is these are memories that they'll never forget that's how i wanted to be to them that's least. true i i think a lot of people um what they think is that being a dj is just you playing songs pressing a play button but you you know being a dj plus managing a whole entertainment company an event company is a pretty big thing you know from that age itself you're organizing events finding a venue managing tickets managing how many people are going to be entering the venue how many people can the venue handle who gets in who doesn't get in security other uh, other people working for the company managing tickets accounts sales mm-hmm. how did you do all of this at such a such a young age did you have anyone's help or was it all you just you to be very honest in the starting there was barely any help like mm-hmm. the only way i've learned most things in life is because i failed at them once before right like if i've done titles shows right it was because one day i fucked up a show before maybe nobody knows about it yeah but, yeah yeah but for say my events have never gotten raided or anything of that sort so i never really had to deal with that so hmm. yeah that's where i keep it yeah no i i mean i've known anirudh for 5 years like we used to play football together <laughs> and uh, I've, i've i remember uh, he when he first started he used to uh, dj at these small night clubs Hmm. uh yeah and then to see him like grow from that to like start his own you know company and stuff like so yeah that's actually um you know to do something like that at uh, at what 17 18 it's a lot and i mean it's it's, it's amazing how hmm. he's done all of this at such a young age all right so and i'm glad you feel that way but <laughs> i feel like it all came down mainly uh, now coming back to your question before this now how everything i did on my own was basically that i realized that if i have people of my own age in my team or somewhere two years above or four years above at max five years uh, like above my age mm. i could give them one good task to do i can't expect them to do the managing work as well as that so i had to stress myself over at a, at that age yes 
and get the whole managing aspect of events in place and the more i did it the more fun i had to be very honest at the end of it all it came down to a point where i was enjoying managing events or curating events more than i was than more than i enjoyed djing even though djing is what i started with so i think it comes mm-hmm. down to more of your purse uh, i mean your it comes on more to what you want to give preference to that's that's yeah. what i think it comes down to so you basically uh, through your passion which is djing you fell in love with management yes correct right oh yes, wow. correct because yeah that's correct <laughs> another what that i wanted to ask you was do you think say it's it's not a it's a it's pretty obvious that uh, title was a huge success it definitely was do you think it was because you put in the hours hard work or or was it just luck i would say luck has 0% to play with this because as far as hmm. i remember every single thing from how the ticketing was done because i can't go to a portal like book my show when i'm i don't know 17 18 year old years old <laughs> i have zero knowledge about this whole cycle so i had to see what was being done because even at that point there were a lot of music concerts not club shows but a lot of music concerts that allowed people above the age of 16 like for example sunburn sunburn pretty big and that's how i got exposure to these shows maybe a bit of exposure to these shows also gave me a very big idea on how tickets work so mm-hmm. let me give an example for example tickets from book my show we would get these qr codes from book my show directly to our emails after making a payment on book my show and we would use these qr codes at the entrance so what i did was Correct. wait if this is how it works what if i have a snap like a, a little screenshot per se that has a code on it has a nice background and all that obviously because aesthetics and that code is in the excel sheet which is used for entrance it's basically the same mechanism but hmm. the downside of this was every single ticket had to be made individually and right. that means that i need to go to photoshop enter every single code one by one i i don't know i'm not a photoshop god so i don't have too much knowledge on photoshop per se but with the knowledge i had that was the fastest way i found to do it a few shortcuts <laughs> on my keyboard and fast <laughs> copy paste random codes excel sheet <laughs> that right. was what i found but not the biggest problem and you were uh, was, yeah and you uh, were telling about uh, 600 topics uh, 600 tickets right In the starting, I saw in my first show, I sold three hundred where I made every single ticket by myself. Like wow, the, okay, wow. But on the days that I sold one thousand five hundred tickets, let me tell you something weird. I still made each and every ticket myself. Shut up. Damn. I like and every of those one thousand five hundred tickets sitting in a club or in an outing with four of my other friends who were drinking or whatever while. I was making these tickets. And how long did right it next take? Make all of these. I I would make it in batches. Like for example, if I know I would because I own the company because I knew the stats. I I knew the amount of marketing I'm putting in the marketing budget was obviously assigned way beforehand. Each event would take three months to plan even before the event's marketing started. That's how I used to make it because yeah. I wanted a music concert feel in a club, and nobody else is going for it. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's the thing that's what it all came down to what would you say like which show would you say turned the whole fate for title where you knew like you know this this is something which can be big something really big 
so the first show i didn't really get the confidence because again i being a 17 year old with actually now that this is the biggest problem i was 17 year old turning 18 in probably 7 8 months at that time and i didn't really know anything about the market so my first show had to be on luck in a very big chance and as i told you because it was 0% luck the first show didn't go as well mm-hmm. okay and that's why people were a little hesitant for the second but the second went very very smooth and amazingly well it was mm. everything they expected from the event so i think that's what give us the hype plus uh, mm. plus what was happening was as the event events kept happening i didn't stop because i was new in the industry and i was working on ground i had to learn everything by the day yeah like i go to a event i see this is how it works if i want to replicate it how do i do it that's how it right. I go to a music concert as an audience, and I look around of how these music setups are and all that. At one point, my final for my title music festival, one of the speaker vendors that we had was one of the, one of them was sourced from a music festival that I had gone to a few months before that. Mm-hmm. Oh. So all of it helped me quite a bit in each and every aspect. I had to learn on the spot. Nobody was there to guide me, except like obviously there were a few people to guide me, but nobody was there to. Tell me A B C D because nobody knew A B C D about it. This was a new concept. That's the thing. So when when you got into the business and uh, you got really familiar with the with the events and how to manage them and how really you you know create the events and how you brand them towards uh, the recent stages of Tidal, your marketing was. absolutely out of the charts there were about um i think 1000 tickets being sold out in a span of a week i think not even a week lesser than that so how did you manage to make the marketing so effective so what happened was in between i took a lot of marketing course while i was doing my uh, my schooling and i was hmm. in title i was also doing marketing courses and uh-huh. in between all of this i was also i was i think marketing is my main field because that's what i've spent most of my time learning about in the event yeah. industry because from the musician standpoint i was a dj myself so marketing was what i had to learn when mm. i say that i learned everything new i mean i learned one new thing every other day it was probably about marketing that i learned at that point and uh, if you don't okay let me tell you a very nice story If you don't know this, you see all these uh, stories, right? Maybe before the whole lockdown, or the, there were a lot of stories uh, that said DM blah 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 for uh, tickets. <laughs> they had, they yeah. went around so much. Okay, <laughs> if title or not, it went around so much. But do you know who started all of this in Bangalore? Who? It was us. <laughs> this whole concept was mine. when back back in 2017 to 18 right before right around the time when i was starting to think about starting a event company that whole two years in that span way this whole stories thing came out and that hmm. is when i realized that this platform can be made into such a big thing that people can't imagine like you can use it in a million ways to promote yourself and hmm. i feel the present day example of that is reels Yeah. on instagram like you know how stories came out on instagram just like that there's reels that have come out so i feel if people or brands can use this to their advantage there's nothing that can stop them right now yeah from being the next big startup in any That's field true. per se yeah i think um 
you may have seen a lot of competitors maybe maybe even one or two yeah. while were there any competitors while you had this going on see there were always competitors but because this whole sundowner thing per se was my idea till somebody came up to me spoke to me for four hours which i would actually happily do at that point on this whole topic of how my events went and how i run every single part of them they wouldn't be able to do it right but those mm. who kept their i don't know not ego but aside but i'm just talking about the sundowner business i'm not talking about the nightlife i am not very well aware of that so i'm not no, i'm no one to give you that sort of information on that but on what i was doing the competitors that i had were basically trying to replicate what i was doing but weren't able to do it perfectly hmm. because it was Correct. an idea that i gave them now i will say that even if i had them out it wouldn't mess things up for me so i didn't really mind that okay hmm. but again starting a business like mine i think your ego wouldn't let you talk to me but whoever did i was very helpful to them i don't really look as people as competitors it's more of people you grow together with you can right. have a big piece of a small pie or you can have a small pie of a small piece of a big pie you understand i yeah. i might as well just have like 5 7 i don't know how many other companies running doing the same exact thing i'm doing just so my market also increases just so people start coming down for sundown events as a whole hmm. that was my whole concept at that point of time so no i don't really think of anyone as competitors but yes there were a lot of companies that i love and i still do even though i'm not <laughs> okay yeah. uh, so during this entire time uh, did you uh, work with any sponsors so did you get any with, sponsors so i'll tell you i worked with so i was very close to working up with a very big mnc i can't really disclose the name because i never really got them on board but by the time i was looking for sponsorships i realized that wait my investment for a show is around 4 5 lakhs okay mm-hmm. which is a lot compared to other club shows because mm. not not exactly 4 5 let me be honest it was around 3 3.5 at my best 3 3.5 at my best and in that also most of the other companies or most of whatever others were doing was didn't want to spend on the setup they didn't want to make that sort of money because even their earning model was different because they mm. had a 21% crowd the club would charge them uh, the club would charge the customers 2000 and the event companies would make a portion of the entries probably and a portion of the bar sale because their crowd was 21 plus but in my case alcohol wasn't the factor i was getting my age kids into okay that wasn't what i was being yeah. for it was for the music yeah. and mm. for that to happen i had to leave aside this whole bar sale like every single deal i've cracked till today i told no to basel i don't want any basel you keep the whole thing yeah. i can make a good 2 3 lakhs probably from this per event because i had a good amount wow basel wow. sense we also have a very like at one point our basel was pretty high for even nightlife event but most of our basel was coming from the vip table which were all old people again so it was <laughs> do with teenagers If you ever saw teenagers drunk in my party, it was more of them getting drunk and coming there <laughs> rather than them getting drunk there. <laughs> so this is one perception I think people have. Yeah. <laughs> and I can't really expect much because see, I am a 18 year old trying to organize events, so I can always find people two years older to me or two years younger to me. You understand? Yeah. 
in my social life i can that's all i can find the people i work with are also going to be two years elder to me or two years younger to me at max i would obviously yeah. try keeping them elder to me your perception of this entire event was to like help other music artists grow right yeah and how do you think people took it like at from at least from what i know a lot of people took it as parties to attend to to have a good mm-hmm. time enjoy so how i made it look like was uh, so i'll tell you these artists needed a platform these are budding artists this whole music industry is reaching younger and younger population more and more by the generation i feel like first musicians used to be a good 18 20 years old minimum now musicians people are starting to make music by the age of 10 11 <laughs> like yeah not yeah. In, like right now in 2021 In back when I was in sixth or seventh, I knew like one other kid in my class who was into this, and he also didn't have a very great idea. Neither did I, but it was the same for him and them in general. So that's how I look at it. Okay. Okay. So now you've left the whole DJing scene, haven't you? Yes, I have. I have. And how long has it been since you've left? So now this is something that comes down purely on luck. Okay, I'm not going to lie about that. Now title running and everything was all professional. Everything was on me. It was 100% right. effort. I feel 0% luck. But leaving it was 100% luck because I was thinking about leaving this industry in October and the reason for it was very simple. I reached 1500 people in a club show. Hmm. that can and that was when the club was ra- jam packed and that was the biggest club in bangalore right there's no bigger club than the one we went for and th- at that point i had only two options start a music festival next make it a two yearly two times a year music festival some something sunburn hmm. get big big sponsors that's where i came in touch with the cement tree by the way, by the way. yeah i planned on everything everything was in place that is when it came down to the investment part now i was looking at an investment of 35 40 lakhs wow okay and that okay. was investment profit and all comes later first need to take care of the investment i can get investors for it i can do a thousand things for it i was also like in a place to pay most of it because of the profit mm. but at the same point this one night after making all these plans i sat down and i was like if i really spend 35 40 lakhs as a investment on a event hmm. what is stopping me to use this 35 40 lakhs for some other business that can give me returns over time and i don't have a like scope like a end to it all i basically wanted a industry where right no matter how much whatever my product is or whatever it is it gets sold by whenever i get it like when hmm. it's out and yeah personally i just want a market that has no end in my event organizing i saw a limit till where i could grow right because i didn't want to really be involved with politics and all of that even though i even the music was my passion and everything i didn't want to get involved in any of that to organize a event music Correct. to me is a peaceful thing I don't want people fighting over music. I don't want to be paying bribes <laughs> over music. I don't want to be doing anything negative when it comes to music. That that was my thinking at the time, as well. And I think that's honestly great. The fact that even though Tidal was doing so good and you could have continued with it, 
you know how people say people get too greedy with success i think you realized where you were at and that's honestly amazing cuz you venture out yeah i'll tell you uh, now coming down to the luck part of it now this is where yeah. it all changes the time i i'll tell you the exact date i don't remember but it was around april mid that i left this whole event organizing industry. not april sorry feb mid when i left this whole event organizing industry and i moved right. to chandigarh for another business and yeah that that's luck because if i stayed there for even what 15 more days yeah. i would have a company that wouldn't run for the next one year it's not even about the company running i would be so down mentally to be honest correct so at the end of the day i'm a teenager man like i was a teenager now i'm 20 <laughs> but yeah <laughs> so yeah it would take a toll on my mind you understand so yeah. on that part yes luck did help me luck took me out of that industry at the right time and mm. i realizing that the right time like that's that's honestly amazing uh and also want to ask you how many businesses have you started since you left title all right so yeah <laughs> no this is a little uh, weird thing <laughs> basically i left uh, the my last event in title was in october of 2019 okay Hmm. and after that i planned this whole mad insane event the music festival i was talking about sponsorship yeah. everything in place okay let me just uh, disclose a sponsor we were very close to getting oppo as a sponsor oh oppo oh, as what? a sponsor brand we were very close oh. like we basically had the d in our hands almost because hmm. we had everything to back it up i'm a marketing guy i know everything about sponsorship i can get investment i can get everything in i trusted myself for it hmm. but it all came down to do i even want to invest that one do i even want yeah. to take that big of a risk person hmm. now if that actually took place the event that would firstly never take place because uh, again <laughs> coronavirus <laughs> <laughs> yep so i'm glad that didn't work out either but it wasn't that didn't work out i had the deal on my hand i just chose not to go for it to be very honest right oh my god in that yes, case you really did luck out yes now the but no one saw the I got so I left I left Bangalore uh, for Chandigarh in hopes hmm. of getting into the hotel management industry where uh, we are planning on getting a few hotels and I would uh, like basically tie up with OYO and I would manage them as a I don't know higher up where I wouldn't have to do much on ground but it would be more of managing work than on ground right so that was what my plan was I went there everything was perfect I came back to Bangalore again to get everything go back there and I think I had two, three days to go back, and then the coronavirus and the whole lockdown. <laughs> That's what happened. But so luckily, nothing was confirmed in Chandigarh. <laughs> so, uh, I so, saved, so I saved my so life like, there. So like Corona was really like a blessing in disguise in a way. Corona was a blessing in disguise at that point in my life, but after that is where the real blessing started. That's where I started looking at different industries. I thought of tissue paper manufacturing. I thought wow. of uh, I I'm serious these are actually very profitable industries. Very very yeah. profitable in fact. And high in demand if I'm not wrong. Very very high demand. People will like fucking die but you still need tissue papers on their funeral. Let's be honest. Right. <laughs> That's the truth about it. You go anywhere you need Bro, even after two days sandwich. Hmm. No tissue paper, bro. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> so basically yeah i planned getting into tissue paper industry and all that but then yeah i just didn't get that you know i worked on passion all my life all of a sudden working behind money mm-hmm. like this like it's just not like 
does the like how do i say does the business model of manufacturing tissue paper really in, in like interest you <laughs> not really i really not don't really. think it does <laughs> yeah exactly so yeah that's uh, so i spent the next 6 7 months in lockdown and this whole corona phase planning a business that would be corona proof that would be profitable even in a pandemic which is not possible and that's when i ventured into three different businesses not one and when when you think of 35 not 35 which are any big investment business person we are talking about infrastructure tidal didn't need infrastructure mm-hmm. tidal i wanted a meeting i would rent a place or take them to a nice place for lunch or anything like that i could do all of that but here yeah, yeah. this is on ground real fucking investment tidal if you don't know i started off with zero rupees not a single rupee wow tidal tidal started off with a zero investment wherein hmm. i gave the club a certain amount per entry hmm. and my, the first money i made was direct to me which means my investment on the show was literally zero on the first yeah. show i, I remember so, you telling me about this with the first show's investment i used it, i used my first show investment for the second show second show's investment and profits all together for the third show and that's how my graph always kept going up Mm-hmm. the point where i left it because if i did not leave after that i think it would go down slowly yeah but eventually because big investment or nothing let's be honest correct okay. makes complete sense now mm-hmm. now i have a quite it's a pretty deep question okay, okay. so uh, you have you were you started working since you were 17 16 mm-hmm. 17 and you got into this entire mindset of making money at such a young age do you do you think uh it stole your youth in a way no i don't think it stole my youth in any way i think it taught me what youth is i really think that if all of the imagine this you could be a teenager doing your normal life studying normally i'm not bad at education anyway i'm a good student per se but when you think about all of that and you see what you want to do in life versus do i really want to go the ordinary way that mm-hmm. that was a decision i had to make do i really want to be dealing with people who own clubs and are 55 60 year old when i myself am 17 18 that was a yeah. very big question to me but then i found my way around it and that was very easy when somebody is 50 60 years old they think that they're old they're smart and they're right yeah. <laughs> they are experienced they are smart they are everything that i want help from and yeah. that's where that's what i used to my advantage because they think that i'm young i want their help so i give them a good deal make them feel like they are having a profit and i would get a deal so that even i'm making a profit so it basically mutual it was a mutual benefit thing though hmm. it wasn't right. that i was under a loss and it wasn't that it wasn't that i didn't care about them yeah get it uh okay now something really important is having support from your friends and family how how is that for you i feel that like my parents have been very supportive throughout my journey of everything even with my present business my dad is actually a stakeholder he has put a very big portion of his investment into this present business and he is really interested in it wow so yeah i don't think my parents have ever been unsupportive of it okay 
that's what i feel about them and i they, i haven't really found a place personally where i would say that shit man i really wish my parents did this better for me or that better for me right. you understand like let's forget yeah. the financial aspect of it i'm just talking about the mental aspect of it like hey mm-hmm. i want to support my child that is what matters more than your money yeah because the kid is going to grow only if the father trusts in him or the mother trusts in him yeah correct get it you need that reassurance now you can get from anyone but parents is the best yeah and my I friends think... yeah i feel like if you are at a table your friends need to be on the same table so i tried helping them out i tried i actually tried employing not exactly employing but giving them a little bit work from my end whenever mm. i could and wow. yeah i made a best friend that way so that worked out for me as well yeah uh, so yeah that was one aspect of it i wanted everyone to be rich with me if i was getting rich from anything mm. that's why it's a beautiful way to look at it man yeah. it's, it's it's genuinely amazing i think um, you you've covered most of the fields working you've covered the industry music industry you djing yourself managing events hotel management thinking about <laughs> making tissue papers <laughs> what is it that you're doing right now okay, which so is right obviously corona proof right now i'm into three different businesses uh first one so all these three are related to hydroponics hydroponics is basically a method of cultivation of exotic plants now you can't expect grow the msp goods like the normal carrot wheat rice and all that this hmm. deals with growing of exotic plants uh, that go for 600 700 kg not 500 kg kg and these require no soil to grow yeah i know it's wow. weird but basically these grow in so basically the problem with agriculture right now and you saw these whole farm bills right last year so these were really a very big thing last year when they came out that oh shit farm bills have disrupted everything no honestly i am for the farm bills because i see myself and a lot of other farmers farmers profiting from it hmm. i have i incline on that side your opinions can be different politically i am no one to hmm. judge yours okay but this is my opinion on the new farm bills and I, because this whole farm bills was so much into picture last year i actually thought about a startup that's related to agriculture now let's talk about everything wrong with agriculture hmm. pesticides insecticides fertilizers your rain you are dependent on god more than you are dependent on yourself <laughs> right basically let's be honest you are basically as an as a guy who is growing for example the normal crops wheat rice whatever you are dependent on the god god there's going to be rain your crops are going to do well or hmm. you somehow if there's somewhere or like if there's something like a electric outage that's all fail like there's no water for plants for days harsh summers all of that so basically it's more of and uh, the worst one being that these are not fit to eat insecticides pesticides fertilizer blah blah, blah. there's so much shit people just yeah. need to sw- people just need to make a switch and the biggest one the amount of how do i say water that is used in agriculture now there's a source that i don't remember where i read this but 60% of the world's water is being used in agriculture what 60% and wow. you and you might have heard all these news of chennai running out of groundwater last year right so i think we are not far from a point where i can say that agriculture at this point is just not viable forget profitable it's just not viable hmm. get it Correct. and that is where the whole concept of hydroponics comes in hydroponics is a con- is a whole new technology that is very big in israel it's israel if you know is a very small nation 
but it produces all of its own food mm-hmm. which is technically impossible india has all the land in the world that's what it feels like with <laughs> but truly we still aren't self sufficient they are almost self sufficient with probably not even the size of delhi <laughs> they are not even the right. size of delhi and they are self sufficient with a big amount of population so this whole concept is basically me growing okay i'll tell you so the problems i need to solve is firstly i don't want to be dependent on god or firstly mm-hmm. i don't even want to water my plants man <laughs> i don't want to do that secondly <laughs> the biggest problem here depending on god the weather I didn't want. I I wanted the same weather all year around. Hmm. So in hydroponics, the place that I have, it's a very high investment thing. That's why people don't go for it because they think of it as farming. Well, it's nothing like farming. If your crop isn't dependent on rain, doesn't take pesticide, insecticide, fertilizer, isn't um, basically it's in your control more than it's in God's control. Okay. If you have the same temperature all year round, I think all of this adds up to. your agriculture whatever ending up as a product more than a produce great you understand so that's how i look at it so if i know that if i grow let's say for example 10000 plants and they mm-hmm. are going to grow up in one month exactly 30 days my present crop is 30 days and in okay. exactly 30 days this is going to be sold to a person who is going to buy the same shit at the same now this is where the um, the new uh, bills come in okay So now the whole new agriculture bill says that uh, all these private for uh, private companies that like buy your produce are going to mess with you. But in my case, I have a vendor who is going to buy the same thing at the same price all year around, like which doesn't even care about the fluctuations. Correct. So I have the same amount of income. And the biggest advantage I have in hydroponics is that everywhere that a normal farmer can grow one plant, I can grow twelve in the same amount of space. that means that if oh. i own one yeah it, that means that it's basically vertical farming i told you there's no soil involved there's no there's nothing involved the right. like normal agriculture so i mean i mean clearly there's not lose through hydroponics like it's definitely much much better than less, the the regular uh, agriculture that we do in india so why is it not like widely done in india as i told you investment who would want to spend 35 40 lakhs in india for agriculture <laughs> because yeah. the first thing i think about when i think of a farmer is he's broke he's not financially stable and that's not how it's supposed to be you understand yeah. right this right right whole hydroponic thing may, now this is one more advantage hydroponic requires 98% lesser water hmm wow the shit i make is insecticide pesticide fertilizer all through so i don't have to care about that i'm not depend on god i have the same temperature in this infrastructure that i've built it's not i can't grow it on normal land this don't even involve soil as i told you right so yeah all of this so biggest advantage being firstly 98% less water secondly that 12 times the the 12 times the same productivity that means that if i own one acre of land it is equal to 12 acres of a farmer's land plus on top of that my produce don't get sold for 5 10 20 50 it gets sold at 600 700 to that wow wow so i have the price advantage and also the biggest advantage my running cost is almost nothing this is the biggest thing that makes it corona proof corona okay all the businesses shut down agriculture still runs check it out lockdown guidelines mein agriculture is still running 
I mean, without food, we'll all be dead. So yeah, and this is very automatic. I don't need anyone to do manual labor. Yeah, now the biggest problem is agriculture. This is where hmm. money excels in my eyes. Is shelf life. The biggest problem with agricultural produce is shelf life. That if I, for example, harvest my lettuce today, it is going to stay fresh for three, four days before it rots. And what farmers do is they harvest all their produce. because it's all in a big lot they take it to the market they sell it off and they make whatever money and if they don't sell it in the right frame right time in the it's in the last one two days they sell it for a very low price and that's where everything fails right but in hydroponics i can take my plant out it's almost as easy as using a switch i can take my plant out and put it back in and it will again start growing that's some that my plant That, that so technically let's let's summarize it my plant can't die there is no insecticide pesticide fertilizer in world 90% less of water 12 times the productivity basically every everything about it is nice and i maintain the same temperature all year round so i get the same produce all year round what and now coming to the best part now i feel the entertainment industry there were a lot of people who weren't very humble agriculture is all about humble people Right, right, and people don't really see money in it because people look at it as khety. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> let's be honest, man. <laughs> I mean, especially in India, uh, it's not given too much respect, even though it is literally what we depend on to live. I mean, I I, I understand. Remember, <laughs> I remember uh, reading about this. Agriculture is like sixty uh, percent of the work what India's population do. Hmm. I read that. I know. I'm just saying this. In India, produces sixty percent of the world's spices or something. This is what I've read somewhere. We basically wow. are very big in agriculture, but again, we have no modern technology involved. Everywhere mm-hmm. else in the world, there is modern technology involved. Israel isn't a superpower. Israel isn't some country with some very big budget for their farmers mm-hmm. or whatever. And now, let me tell you something very weird. Now you know how everyone's been criticizing the government over farming. The structure for my hydroponic infrastructure costed me around, per se, around twenty lakhs. Okay. This same structure, most of the farmers, as you know, come from all these lower backgrounds. They're all SCST. Government hmm. offers SCST ninety percent subsidy on this, which means the government will pay ninety percent, nine zero percent of all of these expenses if you start this. Wow. Wow! What more can you ask for on the name of grants? Name any other business that asks for these grants, and I'll and I'll get to something even more interesting after this. Honestly, I can't think of anything. Exactly. Well, let me tell you the biggest reason I got into hydroponics, which I hated okay. about everything and every other industry in the world, even tissue paper manufacturing. By the way, huh. that is the tax bracket. Okay. The tax bracket on in entertainment industry when I was there was twenty eight percent. When I talk about employability, it depends on your uh, how much of your package is. Okay. Hmm. But in agriculture, the tax is zero. What? There is zero percent tax in agriculture. Who's the wow. government isn't taking any money from me? Plus, absolutely, you're gaining so much with basically little to nothing to lose. And yeah, and 
and i'll tell you why one more big thing the buyers here now this is the biggest problem i faced in the event industry i wanted buyers i had to market them here my buyers come they're like okay fine give me your whole produce how much how many plants with oh fucking one lakh yeah okay go for it send no <laughs> that's how they talk <laughs> right so that's how the deal is and plus most of my stuff doesn't even stay in india to be honest all of it goes to maldives and all these other places hmm. nothing process stays in india of whatever i grow whatever i've grown actually Bro, you think I can sneak into one of your produce and take one vacation to Maldives, sir? <laughs> Actually, cradle break, bro. Hey, <laughs> what are you gonna call this? Hydroponic rakshit? <laughs> I'll be. I'll, I would be a. I'd be a pretty hot crop. Not gonna lie. <laughs> damaged goods. <laughs> Consider as damaged goods. <laughs> We set back to India. Damn it, good. Hmm. All right. Hmm. Uh, well, it was great having you on the show, man. Uh, I'm pretty sure all our listeners learned a lot today, including us. Uh, Rakshit wants to be a crop, apparently. So, like, certainly you. <laughs> I'm growing him for sure. <laughs> heavy, heavy, heavy market. <laughs> Pretty sure I'll get buyers for that as well. <laughs> I'm right, so mad. Thanks for having me. So I much. Twenty. Stay safe. Great. Thank you for joining us. Cool guys. That was it for. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, we will leave Anirudh's Instagram and other details down in the description. So if you want to check out. uh some of his work you can do that and yeah we'll see you guys next week hope you enjoyed today's podcast thank you guys